0: welcome this is the one-year bible reading for may 24th and we begin today in the old testament in second samuel chapter 4. when ishbosheth saul's son heard about abner's death at hebron he lost all courage and all israel became paralyzed with fear now there were two brothers baena and Rechab, who were captains of ishbosheth's raiding parties they were sons of Rimen, a member of the tribe of Benjamin, who lived in Beiroth. The town of Beroth is now part of Benjamin's territory, because the original people of Beroth fled to Gitaim, where they still live as foreigners. Saul's son Jonathan had a son named Mephibosheth, who was crippled as a child. He was five years old when the report came from Jezreel that Saul and Jonathan had been killed in battle. When the child's nurse heard the news, she picked him up and fled. But as she hurried away, she dropped him, and he became crippled. One day, Rechab and Baena, the sons of Rimon from Beeroth, went to Ishbosheth's house around noon as he was taking his midday rest. The doorkeeper, who had been sifting wheat, became drowsy and fell asleep. So Rechab and Baena slipped past her. They went into the house and found Ishbosheth sleeping on his bed they struck and killed him and cut off his head then taking his head with them they fled across the jordan valley through the night when they arrived at hebron they presented ishbosheth's head to david look they exclaimed to the king here is the head of ishbosheth the son of your enemy saul who tried to kill you today the lord has given my lord the king revenge on saul and his entire family but david said to rechab and baena the lord who saves me from all my enemies is my witness someone once told me saul is dead thinking he was bringing me good news but i seized him and killed him at ziklag that's the reward i gave him for his news how much more should i reward evil men who have killed an innocent man in his own house and on his own bed shouldn't i hold you responsible for this blood and rid the earth of you so david ordered his young men to kill them and they did. They cut off their hands and feet and hung their bodies beside the pool in Hebron. They, then they took Ishbosheth's head and buried it in Abner's tomb in Hebron. Then all the tribes of Israel went to David at Hebron and told him, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, when Saul was our king, you were the one who really led the forces of Israel. And the Lord told you, You will be the shepherd of my people Israel. You will be Israel's leader. So there at Hebron, King David made a covenant before the Lord with all the elders of Israel, and they anointed him king of Israel. And you might ask, wasn't he already king? And in fact, this is the third time he's been anointed king, the first time privately by Samuel, the second time as king over Judah, and now over as king over all of Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years in all. He had reigned over Judah from Hebron for seven years and six months, and from Jerusalem he reigned over all Israel and Judah for thirty-three years. David then led his men to Jerusalem to fight against the Jebusites, the original inhabitants of the land who were living there. The Jebusites taunted David, saying, You'll never get in here. Even the blind and lame could keep you out. For the Jebusites thought that they were safe. But David captured the fortress of Zion, which is now called the city of David, which is Jerusalem. On the day of the attack, David said to his troops, I hate those lame and blind Jebusites. Whoever attacks them should strike by going into the city through the water tunnel. That is the origin of the saying, the blind and the lame may not enter the house. So David made the fortress. Of uh, his home and he called it the city of david he extended the city starting at the supporting terraces and moving inward and david became more and more powerful because the lord god of heaven's armies was with him then king hiram of tyre sent messengers to david along with cedar timber and carpenters and stone masons and they built david a palace and David realized that the Lord had confirmed him as king over Israel and had blessed his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. After moving from Hebron to Jerusalem, David married more concubines and wives, and they had more sons and daughters. These are the names of David's sons who were born in Jerusalem. Shammua, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon, Ibhar, Elishua, Nepheg, Japhia, Elishama. Eliada and Eliphilet. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king of Israel, they mobilized all their forces to capture him. But David was told they were coming, so he went into the stronghold. The Philistines arrived and spread out across the valley of Rephaim. So David asked the Lord, Should I go out to fight over the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord replied to David, Yes, go ahead, I will certainly hand them over to you. I appreciate that David continues to ask even though he knows he is in the Lord's favor unlike we saw with Saul. So David went to Baal-perazim and defeated the Philistines there. The Lord did it, David exclaimed. He burst through my enemies like a raging flood. So he named that place Baal-perazim, which means the Lord who bursts through. The Philistines had abandoned their idols there, so David and his men confiscated them. But after a while, the Philistines returned and again spread out across across the valley of Rephaim. And again, David asked the Lord what to do. Do not attack them straight on, the Lord replied. Instead, circle around behind and attack them near the poplar trees. When you hear a sound like marching feet in the tops of the poplar trees, be on the alert. That will be the signal that the Lord is moving ahead of you to strike down the Philistine army. So David did what the Lord commanded, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. Then David again gathered all the elite troops in Israel, 30,000 in all. He led them to Bela of Judah to bring back the Ark of God, which bears the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, who was enthroned between the cherubim. They placed the Ark of God on a new cart and brought it from Abinadab's house, which was on a hill. Uzzah and Ahio, Abinadab's son, were guiding the cart as it left the house, carrying the Ark of God. Ahio uh, walked in front of the Ark. David and all the people of Israel were celebrating before the Lord, singing songs and playing all kinds of musical instruments, lyres, harps, tambourines, castanets, and cymbals. But when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled, and Uzzah reached out his hand and steadied the Ark of God. Then the Lord's anger was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him dead because of this. So Uzzah died right there beside the Ark of God. David was angry because the Lord's anger had burst out against Uzzah. He named that place Perez-Uzzah, which means to burst out against Uzzah, as it is still called today. David was now afraid of the Lord, and he asked, How can I ever bring the Ark of the Lord back into my care? So David decided not to move the Ark of the Lord into the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom in Gath. The Ark of the Lord remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his entire household. Then King David was told, The Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's household and everything he has because of the Ark of God. So David went there and brought the Ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with a great celebration. After the men who were carrying the Ark of the Lord had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. And David danced before the Lord with all of his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought the Ark of the Lord up with shouts of joy and the blowings of ram's horns but as the ark of the lord entered the city of david michael the daughter of saul looked down from her window when she saw king david leaping and dancing before the lord she was filled with contempt for him they brought the ark of the lord and set it in its place inside the special tent david had prepared for it and david sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the lord when he had finished his sacrifice david Blessed the people in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Then he gave to every Israelite, man and woman in the crowd, a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins. Then all the people returned to their homes. When David returned home to bless his own family, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust how distinguished how distinguished the king of israel looked today shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do david retorted to michael i was dancing before the lord who chose me above your father and all his family he appointed me as the leader of israel the people of the lord so i celebrate before the lord yes and i am willing to look even more foolish than this even to be humiliated in my own eyes But those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. So Michael, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout her entire life. John chapter 13, starting in verse 31. As soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said, The time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory, and God will be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of the Son— He will soon give glory to the Son. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, You can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. But why can't I come now, Lord? He asked. I'm ready to die for you. Jesus answered, Die for me? I tell you the truth, Peter. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home if this were not so I would have told you uh, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you when everything is ready I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I am going no we don't know Lord Thomas said we have no idea where you're going so how can we know the way Jesus told him I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Psalm 119, beginning in verse 17. Be good to your servant, that I may live and obey your word. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. I am only a foreigner in the land. Don't hide your commands from me. I am always overwhelmed with a desire for your regulations. You rebuke the arrogant. Those who wander from your commands are cursed. Don't let them scorn and insult me, for I have obeyed your laws. Even princes sit and speak against me, but I will meditate on your decrees your laws please me they give me wise advice i lie in the dust revive me by your word i told you my plans and you answered now teach me your decrees help me understand the meaning of your commandments and i will meditate on your wonderful deeds i will weep with sorrow encourage me by your word keep me from lying to myself give me the privilege of knowing your instructions I have chosen to be faithful. I have determined to live by your regulations. I cling to your laws. Lord, don't let me put to be put to shame. I will pursue your commands for you expand my understanding. Proverbs 15, 31 and 32. If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction you grow in understanding and to end we're back with selwyn hughes and we are hearing about the example of jacob from genesis 27 and 28 i think this is from 28 verses 20 and 21 if god will watch over me so that i return safely then the lord will be my god One of the things we discover about ourselves when we look deep into our hearts is a spirit of demandingness we demand that people treat us in the way we believe they should we demand that people support us in times of trouble we demand that no one comes close to hurting us in the way that we might have been hurt in childhood wedged tightly in the recesses of our heart is this ugly splinter which, if not removed, will produce a poison which will infect every part of our lives. Let there be no mistaking this issue. If we are to pursue God wholeheartedly, then the spirit of demandingness which resides in every human heart must be identified and removed. Jacob is probably one of the clearest biblical illustrations of a demanding spirit. He insisted on having his brother's blessing for himself, and took advantage of his brother's hunger, buying his birthright for a plate of stew. Later Jacob went through a kind of half-conversion, making God his God and giving him a tenth and so on, but deep in his heart there was still the spirit of demandingness. It shows itself again at Paddan Aram, where, after marrying Rachel, Laban's daughter, he worked out a scheme to make himself rich at his father-in-law's expense. He was still Jacob, the man who demanded to have his own way. He had talked about himself in terms of honesty. My honesty will testify for me in the future. But it was nothing more than above-the-waterline honesty. His mind was changed, but not his heart. Oh, Father, we are so grateful that you have recorded in scripture so many illustrations of the truths you want us to know. We see so much of ourselves in Jacob. Help us from this day forward to be less and less like him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you all. Have a beautiful day.